right, so our Rick and Morty journey continues on this sort of like third installment, the end of the trilogy of Kaneda's review of Rick and Morty pinball. I want to put a little bow on this chapter. So as you know, I went to Jack Bar, I played the game, and I thought the game was one of the best theme integrations I've played in pinball history. I was very frustrated with some of the shots off the upper right flipper. Scott Denisi reached out to me. We spoke about it. You heard about our conversation and you heard from him on Canada's Pinball Podcast. Now, there was only one thing left to do. There was only one thing left to do and that was to implement the things that Scott Denisi is talking about on how to make this game shoot better from the upper right flipper. And what's happened over the last like 12 to 24 hours is Scott Denisi and John from Jack Bar, they were talking about things to try. And what I did today was I talked to John. I said, how did your conversation with Scott go? Have you implemented the changes to the game? And have they worked? And I know that's what everybody who has a Rick and Morty on order wants to know. Can we make this game better than the clunk fest we've seen in some of these streams? And the big point is this. It's not about the shot being hard to hit. It's that when you do hit the shot right, nobody wants it at that point and clunk out. And that's the main thing. If you hit it and it it should go, if you don't hit it right, that's on you, the player. I want to air for you my conversation with John at Jack Bar on what he did to his game and if the game is playing better because of it. So let's air that right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is like a Rick and Morty trilogy. First, Kaneda goes to Jack Bar, does a review. Then Kaneda, in the second part of the trilogy, talks to Scott Denisi about the game and how to adjust the shots. The third part and the final part of this trilogy is adjusting an actual game to see if it plays better. I have John from Jack Bar joining the show after he spoke to Scott Denisi about adjustments to the game. John, welcome back to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Thanks for having me. Now, you know, I have to congratulate you on your wedding this week. You got engaged or not engaged, you proposed on the show and the wedding was this week, right? To Morgan? On Friday, yeah. And our due date for our first child is actually today. I'm sitting here talking to you and uh, I got a baby coming this week. Yeah, what are you doing? (laughs) Get to the the hospital. Um, Well, congratulations. I know you're super excited. Uh, So thanks. first, First and foremost, let's put all of the rumors to rest that I was not at Jack Bar for a while. I was there, Brenda and I, for for a good amount of time, correct? Oh, for sure. You were here for at least two hours, and you did most of the playing. You you and Brenda both played. I played maybe four or five games. So you guys got uh, probably a good 20 games in each. Yeah, it was, it was super fun. And so you've had the machine now for three weeks. So up until this point, talk to the listener of the show because I think a lot of people are opening up this game new in box might experience what you did before the tweaks what 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 were the issues you were having with the upper flipper shot well the shots were they weren't working you know they they, I know they're designed Scott wanted them to be difficult and they are difficult by nature but it wasn't about the timing or the ball not entering the entrance to the shots it was the ball, like, for instance, with the upper loop with the spinner, even when the ball entered the entrance of the shot, it would rattle around. It wasn't even making contact with the spinner. It would just bank off of the rail and rattle side to side and fall right back out. 
So it wasn't about the player not playing well enough. It was about the shot not working. Right. For whatever reason, the geometry of it was off. I'm not saying from design, but for whatever reason, out of the factory, it wasn't. It just wasn't working properly. And that's coming from somebody who's playing his whole life. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a much better player than me, and so I, 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 part of the reason I want to have you on is you add a level of credibility to this kind of feedback. And so I experienced the same thing. The, the ball, it's not about timing it right off the flipper, because I know we talked to Scott about that, because even if you're hitting it and the trajectory is heading perfectly towards the the spinner shot it was hitting like the the guardrail and sort of just like coming to like a dead rattle stop right and so yeah it was hitting a wall basically okay and so last night scott hit me up and I, and i know he hit you up now it seems that people are having great results from a few tweaks to the game now i'd love for you to share with us sort of the kinds of things scott recommended you try and and then would love to hear your feedback on the game today, because I know you've played it more after making the tweak. So what kind of stuff did he uh, did he recommend trying? Well, he actually recommended a bunch of stuff that wasn't on Pinsai. Um, I don't know if this is stuff that he recently learned or figured out or thought about, but it, none of this was on Pinsai. Uh, well, yesterday when, when it was being discussed on Pinsai, somebody mentioned that there was a set screw for the, gar- for the guide rail, um, for the guide lane, and... It could be there was quite a bit of movement for it, which I didn't realize was there. It was under a plastic right there. So that gave some – you could change the the angle of that rail quite a bit. And But what Scott pointed out that I hadn't realized was if you take out two of the guide screws uh, where you know the 90-degree tab comes off of the, the, the guide – and screws into the play field, if you actually take those screws out and leave them out, it gives it a little more flexibility and allows it to bend a little more natural where it, out of the factory when it was screwed down was more of a flat spot. Right. So it was hitting like a 90-degree wall. The ball would just bank off of it. And instead of like the guide catching it and kind of like allowing it to fluidly roll up it. Which right. now that I took those screws out, it's made a tremendous difference. Right. So it gives it a little bit more give and elasticity to the metal. So when the ball hits it, it's sort of creating a bounce off it versus just a dead stop. Now, it, did you have to bend at all the the guide? Uh, only at the the screw that the, the screws that I left in. Like for instance, one of those was the one at the very entrance which obviously needs to be there to give it stability. That's the one that has flexibility in, you know, in where its tab has a long slot and you can move it to different angles. You can either move it towards the player and widen the entrance to the lane, or you can move it away from the player, narrow the entrance to the lane, but giving the, the rail more curve, which is what I chose to do. Uh, I felt more curve was going to allow the ball to like transition smoother. Okay. So because the entrance, the width of the entrance wasn't really the problem. The ball was getting into the shot. It just wasn't transitioning going northbound. Right. It was just banking off of it and falling back out. So 
while the the entrance of the shot is actually a little bit tighter than it was because it was about midway out of the factory it's actually a little bit tighter now but that's not a problem it's it's still so i pushed it all the way away from the player it still is the ball can enter the shot fairly easily it's just allows the ball to continue up its intended path okay so this is this is interesting because i think this is as people think about it intuition might lead you to want to open up that shot as much as possible but that's not the problem getting the ball into that area has never been the real issue it's it's the momentum and the velocity has been killed by hitting the dead wall so you've opened up you've closed up the entrance to give the curve the maximum sort of curve and then softened the the, the rail itself by removing those two screws. Now, what results have you had, John, after doing this? Oh, it was like night and day, the difference. I mean, it's, I, I played the first game. I hit at least three two-loop combos right out of the gate. And on top of that, I, you know, in an effort to avoid any placebo effects, uh, when my wife Morgan came down, I, you know, she was like, oh, let me jump on there. I didn't even mention to her that I had done that. And I walked away from the game while she was playing and she ran right up to me and she was like, I hit that shot a whole bunch of times, like just bragging on herself. And I was like, that's what I just tweaked. So if, if, if pregnant Morgan, who's about to give birth any hour now can hit the shot over and over again, if, <laughs> like if I can't hit it now, I should just retire from pinball. So, okay. So that, that's really good news. Now, I mean, to, it's still, don't get me wrong. Chris is still a tough shot. Yeah. You know, timing is still, is still a factor here, but you know, if you do hit the shot properly, it more often than not will actually do what it's intended. Cause I had tried all the other stuff I saw on, on pin side. I tried everything. It was as dialed in as it could have been when you came here yesterday, uh, based on the information I had. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like nobody has an issue with the shot being tough. It's it's always been it's it's just not fulfilling when you hit a tough shot and then it doesn't work. So it sounds like it works right. a lot better now. To get to those two screws, John, you have to remove the the left ramp, correct? Yeah, exactly. Now, how hard is it to remove that ramp? That was simple. That was really simple. You know, when I was talking to Scott, he was like, it's just two screws and then it slides right out. And I've kind of found that hard to believe because when I hear somebody explain how easy it is to remove something on a pinball machine, I take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but it really is just the ramp flap screws and the, and the rest of the ramp is held in place by how it sits in the back panel. So you take those screws out and the ramp slides right out. Okay. And, and boom, you're and then in you business. can act, you just remove the plastic that's directly underneath it that goes along the length of the the rail, which is maybe two or three uh, hex bolts. Okay, and um, and then they're easy to get to. What would you estimate the time to complete this tweak? Oh, uh, if somebody is for for me, it takes an hour and a half because I'm sitting around bullshitting for half the time. <laughs> but anybody else in the world. It shouldn't take them more than 10 minutes. Okay. Now, this feedback is great. So have you reported back to Scott that this is a great solve? And because I think the other question a lot of people have is, sounds like this is a great tweak and maybe Spooky can make these tweaks happen at the factory. 
Yeah, I did. I mean, he was the first person I contacted. I was like, it totally worked. And, you know, he had mentioned to me when we were talking before I even did it, he was like, if it works for you, I might, you know, report back to the factory and suggest they do that. Yeah, it's 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 a weird tweak, right? Because you're leaving screws out, you know, and so it's, yeah, but it's fine. I mean, there's as long as the entrance is secured with that one screw. I mean, the other screws don't really matter. It sounds like if anything, they've been hurting the ball's velocity through that area. So I think people and you don't see it, right? You know, it's that's the other thing. Too. It's covered, no, it's covered by plastic. Yeah, you don't see it. It's the stability doesn't seem like it's sacrificed at all. I mean, I remember when I, as soon as I put it back together, I still had a couple of screws sitting on the bar top and I like, like racked my brain. I'm like, where the hell did I forget? The, I'm like, oh, right, right, right. And <laughs> leaving those out. But uh, it, yeah, I mean, you know, the first thing I did was wiggle it and press my finger into it and smack the ball against it just to see if any of the stability was going to be an issue. And it was fine. It was absolutely fine. Because, I mean, it's tight on the ends, you know? Yeah. And have you since opening the game have you had to bend the spinner itself i did it for good measure when you know because it was one of the first things that scott had mentioned when there was criticism coming in from that that uh, stream that initial stream out of the factory people were like it looks like it's rattling around the spinner and scott mentioned in that thread on pin side that you know like it was a you know the spinner had to be bent up or something along those lines so even though I kind of I, I said to myself, it's not really interacting with the spinner before it gets hung up. Uh, it, I bent it up anyway, just for just, just you know, I figured it can't hurt. And um, I don't really know that that's necessary because the spinner is very, very fluid and very smooth. It doesn't right. really I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to bend it back, but I, I don't know that anybody really needs to do that. Right. OK, so and then the other shot off of this flipper the the uh the shot towards the garage is also a, a very hard shot and scott's admitted that that's supposed to be the much more difficult of the two shots um yeah how's how's that shot going for you it well for me it's become the harder of the shots now which it should be after that all the, yeah, yeah 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 sure i i really was i was just targeting that that inner loop because that was the real problem area for me based on on uh design and functionality as opposed to the lower one was hard for me because it's just a hard shot. Right. Um, but I did do the same thing on that lane. I took out a couple of the screws that, you know, Scott and I discussed that. And, okay. um, you know, I, I'm going to spend more time on it and I'll, I'll report back to you when I see. But See, yeah, I noticed with that shot, if you hit it, it, it normally... You always kind of need a little bit of momentum coming off of the flipper versus... If like the ball's moving slow towards that upper right flipper, it's not right. really going to have enough speed to make it all the way into the garage. But when it's That's looping true. around quickly, if you can time it just right, I, I was able to hit that shot pretty – even more than the spinner shot, but – it's hard, and it's meant to be hard because there's another way to get into the garage, and that's through the the right orbit on the far right side. Game. I think that's the longest shot on the game. I mean, yep. from the distance from the flipper all the way up to the garage hole, up that loop. I mean, that that's a long path. Yeah, you know, that Her goes all the way shot. across the playfield, and then like about halfway up the playfield. So you know, yeah, like to your point, if you don't have enough momentum coming off of the flipper, it, it really, I don't think it's any kind of design flow there is just like part of playing pinball. Sometimes the, the ball's going fast enough and sometimes it's not. 
Now, what, John, what pitch do you have this game at? The factory recommended angle? I think it's, well, I know Scott said 6.9. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. He designed it at. I think it was the last time I checked, it was 6.8. But, you know, the floors in Jack Bar, you know, you move right. the machine an inch and things change a little bit. Right, right. But um, it's pretty, pretty damn close, in my opinion. Okay. And then flipper strength. Have you adjusted that at all in the game? No. It's one of the few coils I have not messed with. Okay. I'm wondering if that would help or hurt if you jacked up the power. Can you increase the power on the upper flipper shot? Yeah. I believe all the coils are adjustable. Okay. And, you know, I'd be curious to see myself. It was wor- it, it, it wasn't having a hard time speed-wise making anything. So I just didn't want to mess with something yeah. that didn't seem like it needed it. You right. Know? Now, it's been there for three weeks, John. What What's the total play count? How has it been earning for you? It's, it's got to have 2,000 plays on it. Wow. At a yeah. buck a play, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, and it looks it yeah. looks pretty much still like a brand new game. I mean, the play field there's not a I didn't see a single dimple on it. No, the the play field's like glass. It's it's unbelievable whatever they're doing. Yeah, what, Stern, listen up. Right, because your game's right next to Stranger Things, and Stranger Things lo- still looks like the craters of, on a moon. It, it it's unbelievable the difference for those people who say dimpling is normal. I can't wait till you stand over a Rick and Morty. After like a few hundred yeah, plays, I, yeah, it's it's a it's a whole nother ball game for sure. And you know, really, my personal issue isn't so much the play field as it is that they're trying to sell me a three hundred dollar add on. The UV <laughs> kit, but that's a whole nother show yeah. altogether, I guess. <laughs> well, I, and and when I was standing over your machine the other day or yesterday, I, the first thing I thought is you don't need to send the spooky play field to Cruzman. He's the guy who does the amazing clear coats. It doesn't right, right. doesn't need it. It, 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 it really doesn't. It, for sure. It definitely does not. And how's it earning in comparison to Stranger Things? I feel bad now. I don't want to take any business away from Ron. Ron's great at what he does. You know, no, and, <laughs> you and know the, every Ron, other play field in the world needs Well, and Ron is amazing, but, but I, I just, there's, every other game needs him to do it except for this one right now. Yeah. I mean, listen, it can't hurt. I mean, to be honest with you, I probably would have paid for that. If it wasn't going to hold my game up for for like a few months, you know. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. You know, too. I always like I like the bulletproof everything if I can. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was an option until it was too late, and my game's too early on the run to do it. But what I might do, I mean, maybe just get him to do an extra playfield. I always hate these like spare playfield guys, right? Where they they'll never in a million years ever do the swap, but they just feel good knowing it's like under the bed. <laughs> like, why are you going to hate me? I have. I have a pile of playfields. I'm sure you do. You want a magic girl <laughs> yeah. one? I'll sell it to you for cheap. Um, well, John, are you there all day today? Uh, assuming I don't have a baby, yes. And and so you're open until Morgan's ready to uh, to add another pinhead into the world. Yeah, for sure. Because right. I'm thinking like, I might just hop you know, in Uber and right now and come over and play. Is that is that come check it out? Is that feasible? Come check it out. I'll play with you. Yeah, all right, and then I'll. I'll Basically, as people hear this show, what they're just going to hear is like a two-second pause and then my next assessment of the game. So let's do that. I'm just going to hop a cab right now, okay? Sounds great. All right. right. I'll see you in a little bit. All right. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks. Awesome. All right. So then I hopped in an Uber, $27.89 later. I'm at Jack Bar and I'm playing Rick and Morty again with John. Now, I asked him to step up to the machine. 
and let me, I was like, show me what you got. And he immediately plunges and he rips the upper spinner shot two times in a row, something we had not done at all the previous day. So immediately I was like, all right, I can just go back now. I can just get in an Uber and go home because you just showed me in the first two shots of the game that those changes helped. So for those of you out there, I think this goes to show that obviously games need to be tweaked. These are tweaks that I wish came from Spooky, though. I I do. I, I think that for most of you out there who are waiting on your Rick and Morty games, I really hope Spooky finds the optimal the optimal position for the guide rail, and I hope they find the optimal position for the flipper, and I hope most of you out there don't have to do this stuff on your own. But here's the good news. These are really, really simple tweaks, like really simple. You don't have to bring out a soldering iron. You don't have to remove significant parts of the play field or ramps or upper. It's really, really easy to do this. And as we all know, little tweaks here and there are part of pinball. Now, there's been other suggestions people have been making about changing out the posts in the game, and that'll help as well, that those skinny posts that are really uh, you know, tough on the spooky machines aren't ideal. I've seen people change the rubbers out and get better gameplay from the game itself. I was just happy to see this shot work. And I hopped on the machine and I we only I only played about maybe six games today with John and I was able to hit the shot much more frequently and consistently. And we actually had to just like pinch ourselves and say, okay, instead of just trying to keep hit that shot to prove that the fix worked, let's just start playing the game and enjoying it. And I watched John put up something like a 24 million point game, which is really good. And there are so many fun elements to this game that I can't wait for you people to experience. I love it when you go into different dimensions. And there's little things, little details that I notice every time. When you're in the Roy mode, I didn't even know this. The the clock on the top by the scoop, you know, the, the numbers indicate the age of Roy. I'm like, little stuff like that is just so cool. We went into the dimension in which the pop bumper sling doesn't work anymore. And it's like the whole game is covered in this like reddish pink color. Super cool. And the pop bumper is glowing. This game, I really think it's going to really win a lot of people over because of the personality of the game. Now, that being said, after going back and playing again, I will say this. This is not the easiest game. This is not a game where people who have no pinball skills will get very far because not just the upper right flipper shots, the a lot of the shots in this game require a a more a, a decent skill at pinball to hit the shots because a lot of the shots are pretty tight even on the right side. You're going to see it's it's not super super easy to hit these ramps time and time again. You know, I'm coming from Batman 66 where Either one of those ramps was really easy to go back and forth, back and forth. The one thing about Rick and Morty I noticed, too, on on my second playing of the game, it's not a game that has a lot of combos. And if you're used to comboing a game and love the sort of like shot, shot to shot to shot, back and forth comboing, I don't think you're going to see a lot of combos in this game. That's okay. It's just the way the game is. I just want to let you guys know. Um, Because again, one of my most favorite things in Batman was going back and forth between the ramps and you can keep comboing them. I think the most combos I did in Batman were 12 on the ramp combos, the Catwoman combo. Not going to see that kind of comboing 
in Rick and Morty, okay? Now, the other thing is this. The other thing I noticed, and this game, it's very sensitive to flipper power. It's weird how sometimes you cradle the ball with the right flipper and you fire up that left ramp, which is really steep. Sometimes it goes up the ramp, sometimes it doesn't. And I never understand that. Like, how come sometimes when you're cradling a ball and you fire it, it goes all the way up? Sometimes when you're cradling the ball and you fire it, it goes halfway up. Is it power surges? Is is it just because there's a lot of games on? Do the coils heat up? I know the coils heat up, but I did notice that, that maybe increasing the flipper power might be useful in this game to consistently get up that left ramp because it is a steep one, but it is also satisfying when you make it all the way up to the top. I love this game. I loved playing it again. I can't wait to get it. I'm glad there's a a solve and a tweak that makes it more enjoyable. And I apologize if some of you heard my initial review and and felt that I was just crapping on the game and Scott's design. And I think Scott's a little anxious. I talked to him yesterday. I think he is. He really, really wants people to enjoy this game. And there, it is a tough game, though. There's no way around it. It is a difficult game. The good news is it's going to make everybody better at pinball. The bad news is if you have someone who doesn't want to get better at pinball, they might not get very far. They're not going to get the kind of satisfaction in this game they would if they played a stern machine. Most stern machines, even if you're just flailing and, and throwing the ball up the play field, you will probably start something. In Rick and Morty, that's not the case. You're not going to be able to start an adventure because you do have to get up one of the ramps first before you go into the scoop to start an adventure. I, I can't see someone who's just flailing activating that. There's no multi-ball to get by just flailing. You have to be somewhat decent. Now, I think the majority of people buying this game understand that. The majority of people buying this game are decent pinball players. So I just want to thank Scott Denisi for reaching out. I want to thank John at Jack Bar for opening up Jack Bar for me early in the morning to play with Brenda. I want to thank him for inviting me back in today. And I want to just thank everyone who's been writing on Facebook you know who you are, who's been making tweaks to their game and sharing what they've been doing and and getting to this point. This is what I love about pinball. It is a community effort. And I want to say this is how it should be. It shouldn't be Hilton calling me a moron and just trying to discredit me 100% because the changes we made to the game today, these were further changes than anything Hilton had told people to do. And I think the changes we made to the game, we have photographs of them, I'm going to share them on Facebook, and we're helping people out. And I think calling me names and saying I'm an idiot and how can anyone listen, it's why? Why? I, I played a game, and those were my feelings on it. The designer heard me, and he reached out. And then the operator heard the designer and made the changes, and then I went back and enjoyed the game. Now, I hope my game is ready to ship this week because with all of us uh, working from home for, it's crazy. Like the governor of New York said it might be six months of this. So I really, really uh, can't wait to get a machine into Canada's bedroom. So everyone, I hope this is a nice sort of conclusion to the Rick and Morty trilogy of this week. Obviously, I will give much more in-depth gameplay reviews as I own the game and play the game much more frequently. But I hope a lot of you who are in on this game can be rest assured that this shot can be made more effective. But you will have to 
time it right, and the shots in the game are more difficult than, say, in Elvira or a Stranger Things. Stern knows how to make games for beginners. This is not necessarily a beginner's game. But if you have a little bit of skill, this game is going to open up for most people. And I think people are going to enjoy this more than a Stern machine that might be too easy and get boring over time. All right. So that's it. Episode three of Canada's Rick and Morty journey comes to a conclusion right now. I guess two out of three of these podcasts were pretty positive and glowing about Rick and Morty. And you know what they say, two out of three ain't bad. Cause two out of three ain't bad.